Hello, hello, everybody. We had a little break. We had some holiday things. And also, um, my ass was stuck in the house for two weeks because my 73.3% tax increase apparently didn't include a plow down my road. So I had to call up uh, up Paul and go, Paul, unless you all got a helicopter, we ain't making it for a while. And... uh, but I had a wonderful Christmas, and I am fired up and ready to go back again because I have a wonderful guest with me today, and he's he's back. He's uh, Dale Burke, and Dale, say hey. Hello, hello. Hey, Bruce is still alive, right? Bruce is still <laughs> Yeah, in fact, in fact, I whooped his ass so many times at Scrabble, he doesn't want to come home anymore. But <laughs> when, you, when you're bored, you play board games. But So you, my friend, are talking to us about the Convention of States. Action and stuff like that. And so what I want you to do today is we, we talked a little bit about this before, but what I want to have you do today is, first of all, tell me once again, in case we have some newbies, what exactly is the Convention of States and why is it so important? Okay, well, Convention of Action. You need of, your microphone oh, a little closer. Go. Yeah, here we go. Oh, Convention of States here. Action is a nonprofit group that is uh, – probably the most important grassroots movement that the United States has ever had. And what we do is we're trying to educate people on the Article 5, Part 2 section of the Constitution, which uh, provides for a second way for constitutional amendments and changes to the constitutional you know, structure to be made in a way that doesn't include Congress, federal Congress. It, it's the states that come together and call a convention of states. Now, that requires 34 states to you know, ratify a resolution and call for a con- uh, convention. And uh, all that does is it sets up the groundwork for us to get together as states and have a discussion about you know, things that we want to talk about. Now, we have three main areas that we've put in our resolution. The first is, of course, uh, you know, the federal government's overreach and <laughs> the fact that they're way beyond the 17 uh, powers that they were initially, originally you know, empowered with. And the other two are fiscal responsibility, the money thing, the tax thing, and term limits. And not just term limits on elected officials, but term limits on appointed officials and judges as well. So we're kind of covering all that in our resolution. And we've got 19 states that have passed the resolution at this point that are on board. And, uh, you know, we're we're set for 2023 to be a really good year, too. Okay, so... That gives me kind of a background on it and what your guys' objective are. Now, from your last visit, I've been out talking to people about this. And I have to tell you that the one thing that everybody says is, oh, my God, we can't have that. It'll be a runaway convention. It'll be just nothing but chaos. And then, <laughs> and then I, say to them, I say to them, so what's going to happen? Well, we don't know, but we know it's going to be bad. So... What's going on, and how is that information getting out? Okay, well, the runaway convention thing is, you know, it, it, our, our, our federal government and the people that are in power are really good at scare tactics. They're really good at trying to make people fearful. And this whole runaway convention thing is uh, really, well, first of all, it's ridiculous because, like I said, we need 34 states to call a convention. And for anything to pa- you know to get accomplished in convention – you need uh, three-fourths of the states to agree on it. So basically, there really isn't a way it can run away. Well, okay, let's just put it this way. 13 states, just 13 states 
can stop anything from happening. Okay. okay? Because if you don't get your 38 states of the 50, then you can't get anything through or passed on a convention of states. So someone proposes a, uh, uh, an idea that, okay, let's get rid of the Bill of Rights, which is what everybody seems to be scared of. Yeah. We're, we're going to get rid of the Bill That's of Rights. That's what I've been hearing. First of all, the Constitution provides that we can't mess with the Bill of Rights. But beyond that, there's no way you could, get, you could not get 13 states to say, whoa, wait a minute, we're not doing that. You know? So it's really ridiculous, this runaway convention idea. And also the idea that the original constitutional convention where they drafted our marvelous document. Our, our, our republic and the federalist form of government, you know, because like our founder, our co-founder Mark Meckler says, federalism is a system of government for people who don't like one another, you know, who don't get along. To live. Well, that's pretty much today where we're yeah, at. To live and co But see, we've gotten away from federalism. It's been, it's been pardon the phrase, bastardized so yes. much. Um, you know, a prime example would be the 17th Amendment, like we were talking about. You know, we've, we've changed the fundamental way in which the founders set up our government in a very fundamental way that changes the whole game with the 17th Amendment, which changed senators at the federal level from being appointed by state legislatures to being elected by popular vote or whatever you want to call it, you know, the vote. And now that takes their allegiance away from the state representatives that we elect in the state. They're not trying to make those people happy anymore. They're just trying to make the party happy. They're just trying to make the the power people happy. The money. Yeah, the money, the oligarchs, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. them. They're just working for those people. They're no longer working for the people, the we, the people. And, and they're no longer focused on a government of we, the people, you know, by the people, for the people. Well, you know, it's been funny because every time I, I listen to the news or whatever, they keep talking about the fact that the democracy is in peril. Yeah. We don't have a democracy it to have it be in nuts. peril. But see, what they're trying to do is what they've been at all for quite a while now. They're rewriting history. They've got everybody so convinced that this is a democracy, it's in peril. To which I have to say, why are they so scared? The founding fathers hated democracy because it was mob rule. That's why they came up with federalism. Because, and that's why you, know, you hear all these people that are so uninformed of our form of government that want to get rid of the Electoral College. It's not fair. Right? <laughs> well, no, it, it's the only way it is fair, and it's the only way that we could get the original 13 colonies to become states and get together and agree to have this whole system. Because if you have just the states with the big cities and the big populations making all the decisions and the other, the other states are just like, okay, well, go away. We don't want to hear from you. I don't know if you've ever seen the map that says if we didn't have the Electoral College, this is what it would look like. And Texas is like half the half the country or like a third of the country california is the other third and then like new york and illinois and a couple other ohio and the you know the the states that they call uh what the the consent you know the ones where everybody campaigns all the time and wants to try to make things change arizona well you see it happen all the time in 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 minnesota yeah greater minnesota basically screw you because no matter what they want it ain't happening because Everything comes to kowtows, the money and everything. The power people, the power in people are in Saint Minneapolis. Paul. In Minneapolis, St. Paul. And that would exactly be what would happen with our country. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The people. It, and the thing is, it would take away 
the representation of the people in the states that do things like you know grow the food, you know, imagine that produce the you know produce the goods, you know, do all the things that generate the gross national product, but they want those people to have a say because primarily those people are hardworking, conservative, and for the most part probably Christian or you know some kind of, have some kind of religious affiliation that gives them a certain set of morals and and ideologies that they don't like. Well, I have to ask you a question. This has been talked about before. We, when we were talking earlier, we mentioned the fact that Jimmy Carter, <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus, folks, if you were ever... You lived uh, through that. If you lived through Jimmy Carter, um, that, by the way, was what we're going through right now, light. But yeah. it was our kind of our first foray down that rabbit hole. And there was talk about it then, but it just couldn't quite get up the steam. Why do you think that this time... It might make it. Well, see, what happened back then is they got within two votes of calling a convention, and then President Reagan got elected and started fixing a lot of the economic problems and stuff. Of course, they attacked him. They invented the term trickle-down economics, yep. which no economy professor, no economist has ever you know, come out and said, oh, this is my thesis on trickle-down economics. It was just something that they came up with to attack President you know, Reagan. And... Uh, like I said, you have to, I have to reiterate that Convention States is a nonpartisan entity. We are not Republican. We're not Democrat. We're not, you know, we're all of those things. I mean, there's people in our organization from all walks. What we really are is people who care about the Constitution and want to use the method that the Founding Fathers gave us in the Constitution to try to fix some of the big problems we've got. So if I can make this Crayola, uh-huh. the um, the the con- convention of states is basically about giving us the people our voice back. Well, okay, a lot of people are under the false impression that the federal government is for uh, let's give an analogy that you know, the federal government is the parents, the mother mm-hmm. and father, and that the state governments are the children. Well, no, the state governments are the parents. We the states you know invented or you know created the federal government in the convention of uh, 1867. Or was it 1787? What? Anyway, the convention where our system of government was founded and we came together and, you know, General George Mason stood up and said, hey, wait a minute, Uh, you can't give all this power to Congress. There's got to be another way. And that's where part two of of Article 5 comes from. And uh, we, we got a country out of that and we got federalism out of that. And it's been working really well, except that... For decades now, you've had certain entities that have just started slowly chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it, trying to get control, you know, power, Mm -hmm. and maintain it. It all starts, I mean, it's so convoluted. I mean, in the beginning, the big bankers from Europe tried to get control of our money. You know, they wanted control of our money, and Jefferson and Washington and them knew that 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 was a death sentence for our country. And they told them, no, well, slowly, 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 you know, in the the early 1930s, somehow, some way they convinced somebody that, you know, it was a good idea to develop the federal reserve (laughs) and allow some private entity to take over our money. That's why we now have a situation where they are printing money so fast that really in reality, if you were holding a dollar bill like this, 
the value of that dollar bill was fire burning it, you know, you would have, it, it would be burning your fingers right now because they've printed so much money and inflation is so high that they've just taken away all the value of all the money. If you had savings, it's, oh, it's it, toast. It's, it's a tax is what it is. Inflation is a tax. It's a hidden tax on the people. And they know exactly what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose and they're devaluing our savings. Well, and I, I kind of see it in action because our senators, our federal senators and stuff are always talking to us about the money they're bringing back to the state, the federal money and things yeah. like that. And what's happened, slowly happened, is the states, rather than being self-sustaining, have become almost uh, like suckling piglets on the federal government. And so the power, the minute that occurred, the power flipped. That's right. They used the power of the purse to switch the actual power of running the country from the people to a bureaucracy. bureaucracy. Right. And that's when we lost, that's when we lost control of our system. And that's when the people stopped being, but you know, we have to, you know, you got all these young people that think, Hey, whatever, boomer, 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 you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, it drives me nuts. And, and for the, for the record, I'm not a boomer. I'm a tweener that identifies as a Gen X, but anyway, <laughs> I'm a boomer. Yeah. Oh, it says here we've got some people that are actually listening. It says BRICS is eliminating the American dollar. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. they are. They are. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, they're, they're FTX and the rest of these things, the, they're looking to get the money digital. If we go down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole, folks, oh, can I begin to tell you how screwed we are? Yeah. And the, that's, but we don't, that's what we're up against, and that's why we want to have the state control back mm-hmm. because that allows us that voice to go, Hold on a minute here, which right now we do not have. And the point I wanted to make is we can kind of forgive that generation for kind of taking their eye off the ball and allowing the federal government to kind of get away with some of this stuff because they were involved in fighting world wars and saving the planet and saving the country and saving the world. And they just weren't really focused on, you know, Mm -hmm. is our federal government trying to take away our, you know, our power and our our rightful place in 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 the federal system? So, you know, it kind of got away from us here. But you know what? It's like when you look at this, we have the ability to fix this. And it's so, that's why they're so afraid of Article 5 and the Convention of States. I'm going to get right back sure. to that because right now what I want to be able to do is tell everybody about Southtown Poorhouse. Because every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse. And I want to invite everybody to stop in for their favorite drinks. And, of course, happy hour. Buy one app, get one half off. Every day from 6 to 8 p.m. And don't forget about their $3 burgers on Tuesdays. And the awesome steak specials on Thursday that run from 5 to 8. Make sure to check out SouthtownPoorhouseGF.com to find out when your favorite band is playing live. Every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse, 2015 Library Circle, next to the Grand City Mall. Open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And they're looking to hire. And I don't have the name of a band if there's one on Saturday. So what I want to tell everybody is go to the website, check it out, find out if there's a live music band playing and get out there. Okay. Article 5. Tell me about it. Well, Article 5 is just simply the part of the Constitution that talks about how laws are made and how how we, you know, look at the Constitution, if we want to change the Constitution. There was never a provision in our Constitution for the, for the Supreme Court to hand down some ruling that says, you know, this is the way it is. Their only 
function was to decide if what Congress was doing was either constitutional or not constitutional. So we've got this, you know, band of life long appointed judges that are have basically been for a long time creating law. Which, which is supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, um, the reason I say that is supposed to be Congress's, the legislators' law, is supposed to be their department. Job. Yeah. But the reason I say supposedly is because of all of the mandates that mm-hmm. have been coming down. And this would understandably restrict their ability to do that. So I have to mm-hmm. assume that's also another reason why they tend to be a little bit against this. Well, sure, because, see, here's the thing that... that Here's how you can tell that our government is out of control and upside down. Congress has no judiciary powers, and the judiciary, which is the Supreme Court, is supposed to have no lawmaking powers. Separations. It's supposed to be separations, yep. and it's supposed to be checks and balances. And th- we, you know, chapter, or Article 5, Part 2, is one of the biggest checks and balances that the founders put in the Constitution. It allows the states to go, uh, wait a minute, you guys. We want to talk about this. And that's all we're, you know, these, this idea that if we call this convention, it's going to immediately blow things up is just ridiculous because all we're doing with the convention is sitting down and discussing it, debating it, have, hashing it out, saying, hey, we think this is a good idea. Why do you think it's a bad idea? And having everybody bring their ideas to the table. And at the end of that discussion, people are able to make up their own mind. That's what debates are all about. Debates sway people one way or the other. And I don't think they really want to debate. That's why they come up with all these crazy, you know, so, ideas. So I want to ask you something because this has been something that, that my husband Bruce and I have been discussing too. Is So let's say we, we get our 34 mm-hmm. and we have the convention and we get everything passed that we want. We, got our, we get our three priorities done. What then? Does does that change the Constitution? What stops, what stops the powers that be from just going, oh, aren't you cute, well, and walking away? Because the, the Constitution, well, if, <laughs> I mean, they don't have that power, first of all. Second of all, this is a process that you know, changes things officially and permanently, and if they try to not abide by it, well, you know, the one thing politicians do is they look at what people, you know, are saying. And if 38 states come together and pass something, if they come together and say, we want this, politicians are going to probably do it. Well, here's another person that's commenting in. It says, uh, down with Western civilization, we send money to every country in need. If the U.S. needs help, there will be none. No other country helps the U.S. Our politicians give away the farm, and we are the world's only hope. The New World Order wants complete control. So... When we're looking at some of this stuff that George Soros and the New World Order, would you be willing to say that they're probably some of the biggest people that are attempting to shoot down this idea totally? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were the ones behind the rescission effort that we defended against here in North Dakota. They were trying to get the North Dakota legislature to rescind their support of the, the resolution. Uh, we went up there and we spoke and, and uh, they decided, no, we're going to stick with it. Um, you know, you look at, we've got, statistics here and if you look at our specific resolution in the three areas that we're talking about we have 65.7 percent support nationwide opposition is only 16.6 percent actually and this is when people know what, it's what all it about. is and not sure is 17.7 percent now if you go by political party you got 81.3 percent of republicans that support it 
50.2% of Democrats that support it, which is over half, and independents, 63.3% of independents support it. Now, that's pretty strong. Yeah. You know, that's people that understand what it's about and understand what can be achieved with it. They support it. Now, again, the biggest thing is we've got to fight against these misinformation, disinformation campaigns that are being, you know, people are being subjected to every day. And, you know, sadly, a lot of people are really low information when it comes to this stuff because they weren't taught. And it's not their fault because they weren't taught in school. They didn't have government class. They didn't have, you know, any kind of training on our system of government and what their place in it and what their responsibilities are. All they know is they've got these rights. You know, they've got these rights that they were, you know, that they were given. And and most of them don't even understand what those rights are. Well, and the other problem you guys are facing is, let's, I mean, let's, let's put it right out there. The big money's not on your side. No. I mean, the, the big money is running the disinformation campaign. Uh, and then you've got the media, which is supposed to also be uh, presenting both sides. That's a joke. Yeah. So it's not surprising to me that more people are thinking that this is, is not the way to go, but at the same time have no idea what it really stands for. But here's the thing. Once they find out the truth and the facts behind it, most of those people change their mind. So what's the best way that you think we can actually get that out? Because I've talked to people, and I'll admit, once, once I explain it to them, I can, you can see the light bulb go yeah. on. And, well, so how can we do that in, again, in mass? Again, uh, the, the best way to go about it is to get involved. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition. Now, people are scared of signing the petition. It's like they think that they're, they're, you know, they're dedicating their lives to convention of states if they sign the petition. No. All the petition is doing is letting your legislators know that you support the coming together of the states to have a discussion about where the country's at and where the country needs to go. That's all it's saying is I support the idea that we need to talk about this. And that goes directly to your state representatives that you signed the petition. It's not some petition that sits in a drawer somewhere until we get a certain amount of names. Every single signature... They know that you support this and that you signed that petition. Now, when you do that, there's also going to be some options for you to check some boxes, whether you want to get involved, spend a little, you know, if you want to be a volunteer activist, get involved a little bit, spend a few hours a week or, you know, some few hours a month, you know, helping out, maybe going and sitting at a table at an event and help, helping, you know, get people informed and, you know, sign, signing uh, the petition, whatever. Now in North Dakota, people go, well, why, why would we sign the petition? We already passed the resolution. Well, because when you sign the petition and you, especially when you agree to become a volunteer activist and put a little bit of your time on the line, we still have a big road ahead of us. When we have to pick, we have to work with the state legislature to figure out how we're going to go about picking our commissioners or people would call it delegates, but they're actually known as commissioners in this process. Because we have to send commissioners when the convention is called to the convention. Now, here's the other thing. People go, well, those commissioners can go up there and do whatever they want. No, they can't. They're, they're restricted to a mandate that the state legislator gives them to go up there and, and just, this is what we want you to do up there. Anything that doesn't include this language or doesn't support this or this or this, you can't vote for it. Okay? Okay. Now, the state has a lot of leeway in how they put together their commissioners. That's and how, what I was going to ask and, you next. And how they, how they, you know, who they make, like, if they want to have a chairman or chairperson that's a leader of that delegation or whatever, there's a lot of leeway there. And that's what the next thing we have to do. We have to get together. We have to work with our legislators. And right now, myself and another uh, district captain from Bismarck, Lynn Mayer, 
and I are working on that right now of you know discussing with our different districts that we're assigned to work with we're going to try to figure out where everybody stands and we're going to try to make sure that everybody understands the facts you know not the hype and then we're going to see where we stand and and the thing is we need help with that you know we've got two district captains in the whole state of north dakota lynn's got the western half of the state not got the eastern half of the state it's a lot of work we could sure use some people to step up and become a district captain in their in their district now let's say that you're on the eastern part of the state i know they can go to district you know of convention.com and stuff but is there a way to to reach you directly to find out maybe a little bit more and absolutely and, and get something like that i'll just i'll a lot of people okay i'm 67 mm-hmm. and i'm pretty good with a computer i'm not bragging it just mm-hmm. better than a lot of people my age right. and and not that you want all old people but What's the friendlier way to do it if you aren't necessarily computer savvy? We have something for everybody. And here's the beautiful thing about Convention of States is once you check that box to become a volunteer activist and you, you know, basically get through, there's training. They have Convention of States University and you can watch videos and it will tell you everything you need to know about whatever it is you're interested in doing. We have one of the simplest things people can do is we have what's called telepatriot missions. And that's where people make phone calls or text people with a message. And it's just a list. And, I mean, it's all pretty much laid out for you. And it, you don't even have to dial the number. You just click on it. It dials the person. They have a – you can either go with the script that they provide or you can, you know, make your own from that script, you know, just as long as it's factual and everything that you have to, of course, get it looked at by sure. someone like a regional manager or someone like me, a district captain – but yeah, it's it, you can you can do as little as make phone calls from your own comfort of your own home for convention states and be very effective. We had some really effective campaigns, telepatriot campaigns, you know, before and during the elections. We've got you know, and, and right now some of the biggest ones I think we're going to probably be doing now is just educational stuff, just getting the word out to people, you know, fighting some of this misinformation and disinformation about the. Convention of States action mission. Well, so many people are, are really convinced that, that there's nothing we can do anymore. Uh, oh. My vote doesn't count. Uh, the, the, the judicial is so corrupt for a lot of people. Their, their view is basically we're just sitting here waiting for Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that at least is a positive way forward where you can be with people that have the real freedom that the United States was founded on in mind and still do something. And you mentioned mm-hmm. a video, and what I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to do an sure. um, executive properties break, and then what I want to do is I want to come back and maybe have that video that you brought showed. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can do an executive properties ad, and then we'll come back and watch a quick video and continue talking. Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. 
All right. Now, if we can be so kind as to have Paul come up, and we were going to watch a real quick video oh. here. Uh, I just want to introduce you a little bit. This is Mark Meckler. Benjamin, back, everybody. Reports keep coming out about big tech collusion with the federal government. New developments from the Twitter files claim that social media company, that social media company, had meetings with the FBI. The meetings were about a range of topics, the Hunter Biden laptop story being one of them. They were also reportedly talking about um, this is the wrong video with Twitter, oh. the FBI, and the DHS Hang about on. misinformation. By the way, misinformation means that's, anybody that's, who opposes. I that's think why somehow we, it. That's why we've got live live podcasting here, folks. Yeah. It's okay. We're going to get there. It's the Mark Meckler. I think it's. I think that's just the beginning of it. No, it's, I watched the whole. Thing I'm going to let Paul keep looking there. And, and anyway, it's deal. supposed to be Mark Meckler, our co-founder and uh, president. Yeah, there you go. Hang there on. You go. There we go. No, wait. That's... Are you sure? Mark Meckler. Of- how, how long is that video? Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, six minutes. No, it's not the same video. Uh... All right. Anyway. Well, let's do this. Let, let's talk about the fact that um, this is something that's positive. Paul can keep looking there, and we'll see if we can work that for him. And what we're doing is this is being posed as a threat to the country. I've actually heard those words used in, in the media and everything else. And so what I'd like to say is, you know, we've tried the voting. We've tried believing the fact that the Supreme Court might be able to defend our freedoms and have been pretty much told hit the bricks. So what have we got to lose by giving this a shot? And, and I have to tell you, you know, I'm I'm skeptical. I'll be honest with 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 everybody, and and I've I've told told people this. I'm I'm skeptical that that this will have the power to actually affect change. But I also have to say, what have we got to lose by trying this? And I just I don't see a negative out of it. Now, were, were you correct? You said we have 19 states? Yes, 19 have currently passed the resolution, and it's they're on board with calling a convention states. Okay, so that means we've only, basically, we only got a few left to go. But what are the odds that we're going to get 34 solid states to go? Well, you know, I think that the, I think that the, the odds are really good. The odds are really good because, like, uh, in the video, Mark says that we've got 10 states that are going to be presenting the resolution okay. in, in session in 2023, in this session. And uh, he's pretty confident that at least five or six of them will pass the, the resolution, which will get us into di- single digits. You know, I mean, we've got 30, or 19 now. If we passed six more, that would be 25. We only need 34. We need nine more. So, I mean... This is not a sprint, okay? This is not, and, and the founders never wanted it to be easy to do this. They wanted it to be very difficult, and they wanted it to be something that you had to really bring people together on something before any big changes were made to this, you know, our form of government. That's why we've lasted, you know, the average lifespan of a republic is 17 years. And we've been going for, you know, 240, whatever. Well, I know the Romans didn't do real good, um, and... All I'm going to try to say to people is if you are any aficionado of history at all or if you're at all interested in what we're experiencing currently, go out and look at the downfall of the Greeks, 
Look at the downfall of the Romans. (laughs) I mean, um, just about any huge, even Great Britain, Mm -hmm. when they had the total world control, everything collapses from within. And we're looking at something like that, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. currently. And that's what's so amazing about our founding fathers. When you you start studying the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers and the big discussion that was going on, anonymously in the newspaper, you know, op-ed pages back then, there was a big discussion, you know, and it was like the first big debate about the whole idea. And, of course, the Federalist Papers, it was, it was most of our, some of our founding fathers, of course, they were writing under pen names and, and anonymously because they didn't want to be hung. Well, there is that. <clears throat> so, uh, and then the Anti-Federalist Papers were mostly written by people who had, you know, thought it was a bad idea, you know, and to... to break off from Britain and have our own government. But it's really interesting when you start looking at that stuff. And then you start really understanding how they formed our Constitution and why they put in what they put in in our Constitution and why it's been so successful. Because they didn't just look at one thing. They did that. They looked at the republic that the Romans had. They looked at the Greek Republic. They looked at a lot of history, the Magna Carta, all the different things, you know, and all the different things that failed and why they failed. And then they tried to incorporate things that would prevent those failures. And that's why it's been said, no, the, the United States will never be destroyed from without. It can only be destroyed from within. And that's also why some of our biggest enemies have said, you know, we are going to have to destroy America from within. And they've been working really hard on it since the 1960s. Well, Khrushchev <clears throat> even said, your children will take you out. Mm-hmm. He said, we will take control of your children and you will be collapsed from within. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a 1950s baby, mm-hmm. and I even remember that. Saul Alinsky laid out the, you know, the roadmap, and if you look at that roadmap and you apply it to what's been going on since the 1960s till now, you can see how that roadmap has been followed to a T by the enemies of the United States. And, and a lot of our enemies are very well entrenched, and that's one of the things we have to address. And, and, and you, we, we don't have to address that by attacking individuals at all. We just get our government back to the way it's supposed to be operating and let the people decide. So what I'd like to ask you then is, could you go over the rationale of why you picked each of those three points that you want to see changed? You, know, you mentioned the term limits and the other thing. Mm-hmm. What was point number one, and why do you think that's important enough to bring to this convention? Because there's a whole lot of crap that needs to be right. fixed. Well, you know, when, it, when it was time to sit down, Mark Meckler has talked about this at, at length, and I, I've watched a lot of the videos of him talking about this, and, and I think I've got a pretty good grasp of it. I could be a little off base, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure I've got an idea of when they sat down, uh, Michael Ferris and Mark Meckler came together to start this whole process. And it was really amazing because at the very same time, Mark Levin was writing the book, The Liberty Amendments. And what the book, The Liberty Amendments is about is about proposing amendments that Mark Levin, you know, thought, well, if we have this convention and we sit down, this is, you know, what kind of amendments should we be considering? Right. And he wrote a book about it, about what amendments should be considered at the same exact... Now, it wasn't coordinated. A lot of people think it was. Like, it was this big, you know, planned out thing. You You all worked together, didn't you? No. Actually, Mark Levin is just a really... He's smart. ...competent constitutional attorney. He's he's abrasive. Yeah. But, man, man, he knows his stuff. He's smart. He knows his stuff. Well, anyway, he wrote that book, and Mark 
Meckler and Michael Ferris. You know, there Michael Ferris is another really fantastic attorney. You know, and uh, Mark Meckler and he got together and and came up with this. And they had to sit down and figure out, you know, what's the most important things to go after first? Because we can't do it all at once. We can't right. call a convention and be in convention for five years trying to sort everything out. But the things that are key are, first of all, the federal government had 17 enumerated powers from the beginning for a reason. Because the founders sat down and they realized, okay, what does the federal government have to take care of that the states cannot do for themselves? And they came up with 17 enumerated powers that went to the federal government. And then they reserved all else, all else, to the states and the people. So... That's where we're supposed to be. If you look at our government today, <laughs> the, the federal government has, what, like 17,000 <laughs> enumerated powers or something like that? But we, you know, we need to get back to some, and I'm not saying, and I don't think they're saying, I don't think Mark Meckler has even said that we need to get back to the actual 17 enumerated powers. There might be some room there for some expansion on the original 17 enumerated powers. The point is we need to talk about it. We need to discuss it. We need to debate it. And we need to figure out where that power needs to lie. And we think it needs to lie with the states, most of it. Well, I mean, if you take a look at it, the government is basically in everything. The government's in education. Mm -hmm. The government's in the food. Never never intended to be. Food uh, that we eat. The government's in the drugs that we take. Never intended uh, to be. The the government has got, is is in control of the roads we drive on. I mean, there is nothing... There was never supposed to be an income tax because they, they felt like it was really stupid to penalize people for being out there working hard and making a good income. You know, they weren't opposed to taxing, obviously. They, you know, we had the whiskey tax. We had yep. other taxes that were really unpopular, but they did not want an income tax, and they didn't include one for a reason. But again, here we are. boom, here we are. And uh, we, it, okay, so that was the first thing that I think they thought was really important. Okay. Then the second thing they thought was really, really important was we've got to stop this tax and spend monstrosity that's so out of control, you know, trillions of dollars in debt, and still they have no concept that they can't keep spending money they don't have. They just think, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll get it from the taxpayer. We'll figure out a way to, to make them pay for it, you know, somehow, some way down the road. Well, isn't there like uh, 85,000 new IRS agents just waiting to make- that Well, and it's like, it's like Mark says, if they get them, yep. you know, if they get them. Because that has to be financed some way too, and there's no there's no ticket there's no way that's being proposed that that's going to be paid for. It's just we're going to do it, right? Well, see, that's that's the <clears> thing <throat> that that bothers me so much about the federal government is the federal government, whether it's through legislation, mandate, or whatever, says and you do, mm-hmm. and there's no discussion. It's rather like uh, you, you mentioned the par- parental role. Mm-hmm. It's it's rather like you're five. If dad says to do something or mom says to do something, you don't have a lot of voice usually in what's going to occur. And why is that? Because the parents know that they know far better than you at five now, what to do. Now, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. I ain't five. No. <laughs> and I don't think these particular... And that's, and that's one of the crazy things is because look at what they're doing with our kids. They're telling our kids, oh, your parents are old. They don't know anything. They're stupid. They can't even run a computer all that great. You know, you, they, don't listen to them. Listen to us. And that's the first thing they do is break yep. the family apart and get the kids to look to the state, the, not the state state, but yes. the federal state, the state of the federal government to, to you know, to, to rear them, to tell them how to live. 
Well, and, and there's been this constant conditioning process where parents have been allowing the state to take care of their kids for them, where, where school uh, was, was more of a place to put your child mm-hmm. so you didn't have to pay for daycare, yeah. and away you'd go. But what happened there has slowly gotten out of control, as you can envision when people stand up in front of school boards and are basically told, sit down, shut up, it's our kid, not yours. And the fact that these kids don't understand what's going on doesn't surprise me any. So how are we going to get the young people to back us? Well, we believe the fastest way to fix this is, again, the power of the purse. If they can't finance it, if they can't you know, fund it, they can't do it. So if we put a cap on spending and we put a limit on taxation, then, you know, and, and we force them to balance the budget. Now, it isn't going to happen quick. It's Uh-oh. probably going to take 25 years to even get close to a balanced budget. But if we put laws in place that require them, or rules, if you want to call it, amendments to the Constitution, if we put it in the Constitution say, you must do this, and we get 38 states at least to say, yep, we gotta, we got to get this federal government under control. we gotta make, we got to put these restrictions and these rules on them. That's the fastest way to fix all of that because everything else falls in line once you get control of the money. You know, I like that. I think that's sensible. I'm a business person. I get it. But what's going to happen? Because everybody, everybody wants somebody else to give up something. They don't want to give it up. So we've got the generation of uh, people that are – behind having their schools paid for. Mm-hmm. We've got school lunches. Right now, um, kids are getting breakfast, lunch, and everything else at school, and it just went back to where parents have got to pay for it, and I just heard that even down in Fargo and Grand Forks, the amount of people that are defaulting, because the school's still feeding them, yeah. is through the roof. So what's going to happen to these people when the tap actually is turned off? Because well, I don't see this is going over real well. It's going to get real, and it's going to get real fast. But that's the other thing here now, and that's the third part, which is term limits. And it's not just term limits for people that we elect. It's term limits for people who are appointed to big, you know, like the Fauci's mm-hmm. of the world <laughs> and, the, and the district judges of the world who, you know, sit in a, on a bench for, you know, lifelong you know, yes. uh, appointments and stuff. Well, people, we right now have, are, people right now are, are voting for people just on name recognition. Yeah, we got to have term limits. We gotta, because the whole idea, the whole premise, the very foundation of our federalist form of government was that people who were well-educated, people who, you know, probably had a little bit, you know, more going on, had a business, had a farm, had a, you know, owned some land. They were people that had, you know, run a business, had some idea. Skin in the game. Yeah, had skin in the game, whatever. They would go to Washington and they would spend a term or two, you know, doing their duty to the country. They didn't get paid. They got basically reimbursed for travel expenses and food. That was it. And this was a service that you provided to your country as a patriotic duty because you were the person capable of doing it. Well, and now we're paying school board people. Yeah, it's, it's we're just paying nuts. library it's board nuts. people. It's nuts. Yeah, they should never have. They shouldn't have an income. They shouldn't get paid for. The, and even if they do, they shouldn't spend a lifetime 
getting a paycheck of a hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, whatever it is, and coming out with tens of millions of dollars to their name because you know of all the backroom deals and I don't know. I, I see this whole Ukrainian thing as maybe the biggest money laundering oh, Lord. situation in the world because you know most of that money is being spent right here in the United States with the people who make bombs, bullets, and band aids. You know, as they say, bandages. Yep. And uh, you know, war those, is good those business. Are the, those are the people that donate huge amounts of money and you know you look you look at the other thing they, they made it so that corporations can donate as much money as they want to a pack well while restricting what an individual like you or i can donate to a campaign well they're, they're even looking at, at monitoring your your vimo account and everything else now and your paypal account oh, yeah so i mean they're 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 very interested in how we spend yeah, our money they want to know how we spend six hundred dollars yep but they want us to shut up and not worry about how they spend 1.7 trillion i'm going to do my last profit margin break here for life vantage because i'm going to ask you do you take collagen have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen this collagen not only replenishes your body but helps your body create its own collagen using natural products and maintains it to find out more about this amazing product please contact stephanie Kronelka and life vantage for more information check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701 701- Two three zero ninety three zero six, or email skbesthealth at gmail dot com. Biohack your life with Life Vantage, and you can click on the link at jfbestsource.com and they'll take you directly over to Life Vantage. So it's easy peasy to get yourself back together. Okay, so what I'm looking at now is, I like what you guys are saying. I think if we can get a convention, it's going to be good. What do you think the odds are now, because a lot of people aren't happy, that this is going to come about? And do you have an ETA timeline that we're looking at? Well, I've, I've heard a lot of things, but you know, I, I kind of go by what Mark Meckler says. He's, he's kind of got his thumb on the pulse, and he truly, I think, believes that we're going to have this convention called sometime in the next two to three years. Seriously? Yeah. And... Um, Especially now that Michael Ferris has returned, he was, you know, he got involved in uh, defending people who wanted to homeschool their kids and who were being attacked. And How stuff. dare you? He started a, a, a whole thing to to defend their rights to homeschool their kids and stuff, and he was really involved with that and some other things for quite a while. And um, we had our national convention in Orlando, Florida, here right at the end of 2022, and. Uh, it was announced at that uh, convention that uh, Michael Ferris is coming back to Convention of States on a part-time basis to help us uh, uh, with a lot of this stuff because it is speeding up. It is, I mean, there's a surge in interest in, in our in our situation. Um, we have right now five million four hundred eight, almost four hundred nine thousand supporters. We've got two million four hundred twenty-five eighty-four uh, petition signers. We've got 275,593 veterans involved. We've got a really great veterans coalition that I happen to be part of. We've got 229,785 volunteers. I'd like to see that shoot up to about half a million. You know, I'd like to see about half a million volunteers. I'd like to add at least a couple hundred in North Dakota, you know, here in 2023 if we could. And we've got 925 active district captains which I am one of. But yeah, I'd really, uh, you know, people can get a hold of me at dale.burke at cosaction.com. And that is D-A-L-E dot B-U-R-K-E 
at cosaction.com. Well, it, it just seems to me that this can't hurt because we are currently, in my opinion, going to hell in a handbasket fast. And everywhere we look, they're there before us. They've got the courts. They've got the media. As far as I'm concerned, they've got our federal politicians and, and our states. I'm not yeah. real happy about, about that either. But this isn't political, but it is. It's, it, what it is is it's, it's, it's survival. It's political in the ideology that we're trying to save the republic. Right. We're trying to save our form of government, not any party or any particular, you know, um, person or entity we're just trying to make sure that our system of government that worked so well for 200 years and somehow got off track gets back on track and we want to do that not by somebody deciding for us what's (laughs) best we want to get everybody together to sit down and talk about it and you know some of our best minds you know we've got good people in state legislatures state legislatures all over the country We've got really good people. All we have to do is give them the power to go to a convention, sit down, and debate the issues. And you know, usually when you have a debate, one side or the other wins the debate. It's, it's usually the way it should go. Now, there's something I, I, I noticed when you mentioned this. You mentioned you have the 5,408,908 supporters, but your petition signers or only 2,425,084. Now, I know a lot of people are very nervous about signing petitions because then they'll say they know where, where we are. Yeah. People, they know where you are anyway. Yeah. Trust me. They, we, they we got proved, your address. We, yeah. proved that, we proved that with Twitter. <laughs> if you think Twitter's the only place the FBI is sitting mm-hmm. taking notes, you're wrong. And I've spent so much time in jail and Facebook, they don't even take me off anymore. They just leave me if out there. If you've got an Alexa or <laughs> anything like that in your house, they're probably listening. Well, yeah. and, and that's it. So, so, <laughs> I don't know. so what I'd like to say is, you know, um, it's time for us to stop being scared. And I think it's time for the federal government to start. I don't want to say being scared of us, but I would like them Respectful. to be. Yes, I would like them to be a little on the Respectful. wary side. Yeah. And, and it's something as simple as signing a petition, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's as simple as that. And maybe donating a few hours of your time to the cause, being part of making history here, because we have a saying at Convention of States, it's the fix as big as the problem. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, this is the fix that we were given, because these men sat down and figured this out. They they knew this was coming. They spent a lot of time thinking about this, and especially General George Mason knew that the nature of a man is p- absolute power corrupts absolutely. We're flawed. And, yeah. and, 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 and I'll be honest with you. Um, power is so intoxicating. It is. It, it, it raises, I mean, not to, not to say anything bad about anybody, but I'm just going to bring up Trump. Trump standing in front of all of those supporters. Imagine the rush, yes. the endorphin rush that that causes. Yep. And, and that in itself can be very, very... Daunting. I saw it in the military. Yep. You know, you've got some leadership in the military that are very humble, very good, you know, and they get others that it goes to their head and they become tyrants and uh, it doesn't end well for them usually. But, you know, that's what we've got going on in our government. Yes, it is. We've got so many people that are up there just looking to maintain their power and prestige because, hey, let's face it, some of them live to be called Mr. Senator or Mr. Representative or Miss. Well, 
Im- yeah. embedded in that trillion billion million dollar bill that was just signed we we get managed to get a building named uh speaker nancy uh-huh. pelosi you can't tell me that uh that was written into the freaking bill yeah it's crazy so, so tell me and and a bunch of other senators They're got roads roads made yeah. and everything i'm sitting here going oh we don't think much of ourselves do we exactly. this is not who we need in the position of power over us because those are the people that are going to go my way or the highway i'm the responsible parent you're an idiot this is how we're going to do this and i'm just honorary enough to go oh hell no when you start building monuments to yourself and start you know looking to your you know your legacy in history and blah 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 you're not focused on what's the needs of the country are you're not focused on doing what's right for the people that you represent. You're seeing yourself as a ruler, not a representative. And that's why term limits are so important, because these, these career corruptocrats got to go. Well, I mean, serious to God, it's it was 4,000 pages long, and someone took the time to name a building after Nancy exactly. Pelosi. And believe me, there's plenty of Republicans that were in there, too. This oh, yeah. is not... No, no, it's not This partisan. isn't just... this. I'm not just trying to, you know, rain on Nancy's building parade, there's but... There's a bunch of blame on both sides. Oh, hell yeah. And And... You got to realize that they're not going to go quietly into term oh, limits no, because no. you saw the fight that went down in <laughs> North Dakota. Yeah, well, that's one of the things we are seeing now is uh, we're gaining traction, and the attacks are just bam, bam, bam. They're coming out after us now. Convention of States really didn't get a lot of, you know, they didn't know it. We were we were insignificant. You were cute. We didn't matter. We were you just were so a bunch cute. of cute little yeah. citizens. Oh, look at the citizens trying to be a fit. Well, yeah. we're like a B-52 over the target for them right now, and Good. they're scared, and they're worried, and they're starting to attack us. And you know what? Mark Mickler said it best. He said, you know what? That's how we know what we're doing is right. Because when they start attacking us, they start coming after us with a bunch of disinformation, misinformation, trying to tear us down. We just got to fight that much harder and go forward and make sure people understand the truth of the matter. And that's why these kind of things with your podcast, and I thank you so much for oh, having me on because please, people yeah. need to learn the truth. And, you know, th- th- we have all the information available. They don't have to go and, you know, they can go at their own leisure on our, you know, on our website. And like I said, you do have to kind of join the, join the fight. And then you have access to a whole bunch of information that will blow your mind. I thought I was very well educated on the Constitution, and I have learned so much since I started attending the you know, mm-hmm. uh, Convention of States University courses. It's amazing. You know, this would be an awesome thing to get your kids into. Oh, yeah. Because, because they're not teaching it. Mm-hmm. Trust me, no. they're not. And if for no other reason than to have the discussion with your kids as to what they're learning or not learning versus what's, what they can pick up through this organization and, and have a discussion at home. Yeah. You just got to tear them away from the Xbox, uh, oh, Xbox the, phone. the PS4, the phone long enough to get them interested in realizing that, hey, this is you. And this is your children that we're talking about here. Uh, I, this is, uh, I mean, I'm going to be long gone yep. before this is all sorted out. You, we have to have young people involved in this, and we do. We've got, I mean, you see on the TV all these idiots that are, you know, going to college and, and, and majoring in these ridiculous, useless, you know, majors. There actually is a class on <clears throat> puppetry yeah. at one of the major universities where you can spend $50,000 a quarter or semester or whatever to get out and not have a job. Well, I got news for you. A lot of these tenured professors are 
communists, and they're part of the the attack on this country that's from within. Yeah, I mean, when you have a a, a professor that it, I think was it at Yale or Harvard or somewhere, and he was basically caught working with our enemies against us and was charged, you know, with crimes. You got to start looking at these people that are running our universities and are teaching in our universities. We got to start weeding some of that out. And again, we're talking about term limits, not just on elected people, but on these people that are appointed to these positions in, in these schools and all over the place, because we have to know who is influencing our children. That's one of our greatest resources is our children. We cannot allow them to continue to be sexualized and attacked. And, and it's just, it, I mean, if that isn't enough for you to realize that we are off the track on this train and that locomotive is chugging straight for the edge of the cliff, I don't know what to say to you because it's, it's, it's the end. Well, I, I spent 20 years in education. Yes, and, and I got to tell you, the amount of change that happened in those 20 years was us. Astounding, yeah. and it was not for the better. And it's like we went from driving a moped to yeah. a top fuel dragster. Yeah, and, and and I'm just, I just, I look at this. In fact, next week, as long as we're mentioning, I'm going to promo next week. I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a wonderful lady who is a counselor and a. And with children and stuff in, in the Grand Forks area and stuff. And we're going to be talking about homeschooling and different options and show. stuff that we've got. Because people, we need to take charge of this because it is not good. They are, they are woefully undereducating our children because yep. ignorant people are easy to, easier to control. Well, I, I just want to get one more thing in yeah, here, Yeah, please too. do. We got a couple um, of minutes. Yeah. I was going to um, just say, what, what do you want to wrap <clears throat> this up with? Okay, and, and that email I gave is, you know, how people can directly contact me. But, of course, as you know, I'm, I'm like, working on half the state here. I got a lot of stuff coming in. Don't expect me to get back to you quickly on that. But, again, the fastest way to, to find out this stuff is to go in, sign the petition, because I was going to say earlier, the first thing that happens is that goes to your representatives to let them know that you support this. Yep. The second thing it does is it puts you in our database, and a terrible thing is going to happen when that <laughs> you Remember? Somebody's going to call you and thank you for signing that petition. And, again, if you didn't check the boxes, they're going to ask you those questions. Would you be interested in volunteering? Are you a veteran? You know, uh, things like that. And, 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 you know, please say yes. Please get involved because that's really what this is about. We got to get the grassroots. The people have to take the time, have to get their fo- noses out of their phones or whatever you want to call it. Start taking this seriously yes. and getting involved. And it doesn't take that much. And there's something for everybody to do. I don't care if you're uh, nine or 90. I mean, we got kids that run around handing out flyers at, at events. At we, I mean, there's something for everyone to do. Not that I'm trying to recruit you know, juveniles. Hell yeah, you are. I, but, I mean, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> without their parents' consent or this, anything. But, this, no, <clears> but, but this, this is important. And, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you, um, you know, I made my first foray into politics and literally was yep, shoved there I because that. I did not wish to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the people we want in office are the ones who don't want to be there mm-hmm. because exactly. they feel compelled to be there. And the first thing they want to do is get out. Yeah. They, they want to do a do job something and get, and get out. out. Right. And those are the people we want. And it takes it. T- I'm signed up for this. I, I'm, I'm hoping to be doing more and stuff before I start campaigning again. And I want people to understand. Please. Understand that this is once you sign the petition, don't think you've done your job and walk away. No, this is this is something that's really, really important. We're losing 
Yes. We, 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 it's, it's going downhill so fast. And when you so say fast. we, it's not no. Democrats, it's not Republicans. No, it, we, it the people, we, yes. the people, every single citizen of this country is losing on And a your daily children, basis. and yep. your grandchildren, and your, and great, your great grand. I mean, yep. this is too damn important to walk away from and to think that someone else is going to handle it. That, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, that someone else is you. It's me, it's Dale. We all got a hand. We helped cause this by sitting back and allowing someone else to run the ship because it's easier to be a passenger than it, it is sure to be in is. charge. Ask the guy that drove the damn Titanic. And it's scary. It's yeah, scary it to is. get involved because, you know, you don't know if you have the skills. You don't know if you have the ability. You don't know if you're going to look dumb. But don't worry about it because because Convention Estates, I got news for you. It's a bunch of really great people trying to do a really great thing. And they've got really great resources and really great training and education. And I tell you what, if you want to do something, if you want to feel like you're part of this, and this is going to be a historic thing. When we call this convention in the next few years, and it comes to be, this is going to be something that this country is going to talk about, research, uh, look at (sighs) for years and years and years and years to come. And you got a chance to be part of it. People... Don't give up yet. I'll tell you what. There's days. There's days I get up in the morning and I go, "What the hell am I fighting for?" And then I go, "Snap out of it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snap out of it. You're better than that. You're a fighter, Kit. Yeah. And this is if you've never been a fighter in your life, this is the time to step forward because we need you. You know, we're on the mat. We're, we're dizzy. Our yep. vision's going in and out. Yep. We just got to find a way to get up for the next round. That's all. Well, Dale, thank you very much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming <laughs> back to talk with us again. What I'd like to do is uh, leave the door open to be able to come back and check in with you and see how we're doing. Yeah. Especially for the state of North time. Dakota and stuff. And, and everybody... Once again, Common Sense Uncensored, get out there, sign the petition, and do more than that. Please, please, please. This is... The, we. All, all of this, we're on the line, folks. We can do this. God bless you, everybody. Take care.